thank you for joining me for a few moments to ponder 1 Peter. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 58. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when He judges the world. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free. Yet, You are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the King. You who are slaves must submit to your masters with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. For God is pleased when, conscious of His will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow His steps. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when He was insulted nor threatened revenge when He suffered. He left His case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. 1 Peter 2, 11-25 In verse 21 and 22, Peter says, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in His steps. Who God called you to do good, even if. I have to appreciate Peter's honesty here as he writes to the churches under his care. He doesn't sugarcoat it. The good life that God calls us to live won't be easy, but it is the way to live an honorable life that God calls us to. In this part of the letter, Peter is shifting his focus. 
Up until now, Peter has reminded the believers of their hope in Christ, the holiness that they're capable of, and the wonders of being living stones like Jesus. In verse 11, he begins to write about how to live their lives in a world that persecutes Christ's followers. In one commentary, 1 Peter is referred to as a field manual of how to be a Christian in a hostile world. So now that he's reminded them of whose they are, he's going to dive into how to live as Christ's. He will address some bigger questions that these Christians were facing, one of them being, what do we do about the government? Another, how do we submit to all human authority? What if my boss is mean and cruel? What if my spouse doesn't follow Christ? They're questions we're still asking today. So by looking at verses 11 and 12 again, this time taken from the message, it gives us a different perspective. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they will be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Dear one, this is not our home, so don't get comfortable. We're temporary residents. We're visitors, guests. When you're a guest in someone's home, how do you behave? I know that I am overly aware when I'm a guest. I'm on my best behavior, even when the host says, make yourself at home. I hang up my wet towels. I make my bed. I help with dishes. I use a coaster. And I say thank you for everything they offer. I want to treat the hosts in their home with respect. I don't indulge myself at their expense by calling out ways that they're living that I might not agree with. I might even actually have a big issue with what they believe or do, but I want to behave in such a way that they would invite me to come again. This is what God is asking of us as we live in this world. Living an exemplary life is tough in a world that Well, it keeps blurring lines and pushes up against Christian boundaries. Peter tells us that our behavior is a key way to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Because those who never read the Bible will read our lives. And in doing so, they might come to know him. Let me say that again. Those who never read the Bible will read our lives and in doing so may come to know him. Peter goes on in verses 13 to 17 to say this, Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's will that by doing good, 
you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. This is one of those moments when it's good to remember the context of Scripture. Here we have a young church that is under Roman rule. And for the Romans, their emperor required worship and obedience. As new believers, knowing that Jesus is the true king whom they worshipped and obeyed, it brought into question, why do we have to obey the emperor? Peter says, respect the government. They're there to keep order, and God has placed them there. This would have been really hard for them to hear. But as Christians, Peter is calling them to treat everyone with dignity, even those who don't know Christ. Because you're foreigners and temporary residents in this world. We're we're guests, and we need to be on our best behavior, leaving a good impression so that we'll be invited back or asked who we follow. Paul speaks to this in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, when he says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. We live in a world that says, live your truth. Create your own belief system to live by. And although that might sound great or even loving, you live your truth and I'll live mine. I mean, to some extent, this is respectful. This is where the words of Peter about being free, but not using that freedom as an excuse to do evil, come into play. Just because we can, doesn't mean we should. As a Christian, I have a certain set of rules, virtues, or goals, that I try to live by which connect to God's will and help me live a life that honors Him. Paul says it this way in Philippians 3, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So I'm in a race, and I'm pressing on. But there are things that can impede my progress toward my goal. They aren't wrong. I I can do them, but they would slow me down and distract me. Because I want to run the race well, I choose not to engage in those things, even though they're not wrong. It wouldn't be sinful. It wouldn't bring God's judgment down on me. But it would hinder me as I run the race toward the goal. These things are different for each of us. Later, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I know that not everything in my life is beneficial to my walk with Jesus. There are some things I can do, and they're not sinful or law-breaking, but it would draw me away from Christ. So I choose not to do them, because they could tear down my relationship with Him instead of building it up. So in my freedom from the law, it's important to serve God and build Him into my life. So why go into all of that? Because respecting authority and being good citizens requires us to live out of His Spirit in us. 
He doesn't use the words agree with. He says respect. Live honorable lives that reflect him, even in a government system that persecuted them. What would that look like for us today? God called us to do good, even if we suffer for it. Even if we have to swallow the words we would really love to say. Even if we believe we're right and they're not. Even if it costs. We see our world differently as Christ followers. And it requires us to live differently so that the world can see Jesus in us. Verse 15 says it like this. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. What is God's will? His will is that everyone would come to know him and receive his gift of love and forgiveness. When we live honorable lives, we reflect his will and help others come to know him. Peter is one person who knew how hard this is. He failed a few times himself when he first started this journey with Jesus. But in this section of scripture, he shares Isaiah 53 in his own way to remind this young church and us what Jesus did. He never sinned. He never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins on his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. This is our example. Jesus was a guest on earth. He moved into the neighborhood and lived among us so that he could show us what true living looks like. He came so that we can be healed, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what's right. As I record this podcast, an election day is coming. So with these verses in mind, ponder this. Who are some of the authority figures in your life? And how do you treat them? How will you react and live into the government authorities over you? What does God require of you? And now, may you live into the freedom of Jesus, a life free of worry and fear, a life of trust and connection to the one who loves you. May your life be one that helps others see him and discover all the wonders a life with Jesus brings. And may you be a guest that leaves any place you visit better than when you arrived. Amen.